Today's guest is Ben Sacadado, an experienced financial advisor with Barnum Financial Group. Ben is the co-founder of Team SKG, a high-performing team from within the firm. He also happens to be a colleague and a friend of mine for over 15 years. Ben has constantly grown his career. We're going to learn from Ben his ups and downs, the strategies employed, and the mental fortitude it took to reach this level. I'm Paul Blanco, and this is Small Steps, Big Wins. Welcome, Ben Sacadato, to the show here today, and so happy to have you. And as I was prepping for this, I'm super excited about having you here today. And I was thinking about it. I believe I met you back in May of 2005, right off the college campus here in the Shelton location. And I remember you did your interview and then you were walking out and I ran into you in the hallway. I just talked to you for a few minutes. You told me where you were from Sacred Heart. You had been in our Series 7 class there. And you were super hungry. I could just see this, the, your eyes and what you were thinking. And I asked you a couple of questions. And then I went to Joe Lepresti and I said, hey, like, I want to meet with this guy in his next interview. And I remember going through, like, basically all the things we do at Barnum. And you had no idea that firms like this existed. You were all set to go on to Wall Street. And, uh, you know, we roped you back in and now, you know, you fast forward, gee whiz, that was 18 years ago that you've been here yep. and you've had an amazing career so far. And, and I really believe you're just beginning, but I want to just go backwards a little bit. So you get here in 05, you're, you're driven and focused and ready to go learning a new industry. And then in 2017, you get to the top 1% of the industry. Tell me, like, was that a goal or like, how did you find yourself? What were you thinking? And like, how did that happen? And share it with me. I remember the first day that I met you uh, very clearly and, you know, thinking this is somebody I could relate to. There's a sincerity about how this person is speaking to me that was very different than the other people that I met. And that attracted me to want to continue the interview process and come to work in Shelton, Connecticut, even though uh, that was a long ways away from home. I remember starting off and my first year, two years or so in the business, like many young financial advisors, you're trying to do anything that you can. Um, to get in front of people and get your activity to a level that, you know, you're consistently producing. Had some success early on with friends and family and natural market, but had an opportunity presented to me within my first six months of being here at Barnum. And I think this is, you know, an attribute to the culture that we've created here of, of giving uh, that a gentleman that was 35 plus years in the business essentially gave me an opportunity at the time, which I thought was absolute gold to call on what was orphan book of business people that hadn't been serviced for years, uh, that had existing relationships with the firm or a previous firm. And it was an opportunity for me to get out and about and uh, start to fill my calendar 
and evolve as a financial advisor, I had the challenge of looking very young. When you, I, you still look that way. <laughs> Thank know. God. The bags are, <laughs> are coming in more and more. But, you know, and, and partially that, that's, I think, head trash in the industry. When you're like young in the industry, you're like, how can somebody trust me with giving up control of their finances, with managing their money? So for me early on, um, you know, the critical component to differentiate myself, I thought was education. And I was committed in the early stages of my career to get every license, to get every designation and to rise to the top of the education charts in our industry to really overcompensate for my fear of, of looking young and feeling like people weren't going to trust a young young person. Sure. And it's not just that you were young. It was years of experience too. I, yeah, I was young. Right? So. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I didn't have the experience. So uh, I would say the certified financial planner uh, course work and then leading up to the main exam really gave me a huge uh, you know, shot of confidence in the arm. I believe I, I got that in 2008. And at that point, a lot of other opportunities at the firm started to open up for me. That's super exciting. I want to come back to the education because, well, let's do it right now. I think that that's amazing how you separated yourself and we were always preaching about doing that and you did it, but that journey has continued. You have like three or four designations. You're still in study groups. You're, you're still learning every single day. And we talk about being a lifelong learner. I feel that you represent that. And is that something that you got in seven and eight when you did that? Or because now you're at the top, but you're still doing it. So, you know, share a little bit about that. You know, I think if you don't evolve, you die. You've preached that in Barnum that ultimately every year we look at things, we break them down and we rebuild them. And, you know, I've always taken that approach to heart in my own business. And I feel like you have to practice what you preach. We have a lot of young advisors that are looking up to us at this point. And it's important to show them that we're never done learning. Uh, the industry is always changing. Something new is happening, you know, on a month over month basis, maybe uh, even too frequently these days, whether it be the current banking situation, whether it be the war in Ukraine, whether it be COVID. Just a little while ago, you can never know everything in this industry. And we've created, thankfully, a culture here at Barnum where the top advisors are willing to share. You know, something I may not have been aware of that a peer has utilized in their practice and has been successful with could literally be something that in a, in a group setting you know, that was kind of thrown out there, I could take that and apply it immediately in my business and it can make a dramatic impact overnight. Um, so the study groups that we participate in at the firm, externally, outside of the firm, we participate in personally in business leader programs um, to think about staffing, growth and development and retainment of your key employees. I mean, these are all things that, you know, we need to keep getting better at every day. Uh, to be able to continue to grow. Yeah, it's exciting. And then you, when you think about it, and uh, we'll talk about this as we go through this, but you went from an advisor to really a business owner. And that's a major paradigm shift that 
people have to be a little uncomfortable with when they first start in this industry, that that's where it's going if you want to get to the level. But let's go back to, you know, top 1% 2017. How did that feel getting to that? You started that journey 12 years later, you get there. And how did it feel at that moment? We're an industry and a firm that uses data and statistics as a means to drive us. And I always believed that I could get to the top of our profession, uh, that it was purely a matter of when, not if, and that if I stayed consistent and disciplined and structured with, you know, my day to day, that good results would happen. Somehow I'm a person that when I've accomplished goals in life, I've gotten there and I've just kind of always said, what's next? I haven't maybe taken the time to take a step back and smell the roses. That's a character flaw potentially. But, you know, I remember reaching that mark very clearly and what a struggle it was to break through certain barriers. You know, retainment of of employees was a real challenge for us in the early stages. The constant revolving door, you know, is is disruptive uh, to to growing your business. You know, market conditions. You know, we lived through 0809, which was one of the worst economic conditions sure. in history uh, during that period of time. And as a young advisor, that was uh, was frightening. Sure, but it it did giving me a sense of, wow, I can accomplish anything, right? If, if, you know, it took me 12 years to get here. My goal was for the people that I surround myself with that were on my team for them to get there quicker, right? I kind of blazed the trail and now I'm going to show you how to accelerate that path. And that's always been now a goal for all the advisors on our team to get to that 1% club and get it quicker than the person before you. Yeah, that's super uh, exciting. And I love, I feel like the more you give in life, the more you get back and you don't do it for that, but you could see it's just benefiting you and your team dramatically when you think about it. So stay on where you were, like you got there. You didn't take the time really to celebrate it the way maybe some people do. And I find that, you know, entrepreneurs sometimes do that to themselves. And you're working through that and continuing to learn. But what was, so you go there and now, you know, five years later, you, you go to four times what you were doing. What was, what changed in the mindset? Like, did there, was there a shift? Like you got there and you said, all right, I'm here now and I want to get here. Or was it just like, all right, I got to, you know, I'm just going to keep building. And then next thing you know, you wake up five years later and, uh, you know, you're at a whole nother level. I think just getting your first win in anything is the toughest, right? We always, uh, you and I talk sports quite a bit and, and, you know, I, I feel like that milestone was a big win in my personal journey. And once that barrier was broken, um, the ceiling of complexity to then grow to where we are today, you know, had a lot less friction, 
we've been blessed with some great opportunities. Uh, you know, certainly the last few years and what's transpired at the firm, um, you know, we've been great benefactors of that and, and, you know, happy to obviously talk more about the specific programs, uh, which have led us here. Um, but I, I remember every year I, I, I do goal setting personally. And, uh, the first question in my goal setting book is what defines success to you? And I've done this every year since 2006. And I look back at my previous years and I, I think in the 2017 version, I defined success as removing myself or my business partner, Chris, uh, from the equation and, and still having the business run successfully without the top producer. And it was that mindset shift of it's no longer, you know, a small business, uh, a one man show per se. I mean, this is now um, an enterprise. Yeah. So how many, let's, I'd like to dig in a little on that. And how many people are on the team in 17? I think in 17, you're probably looking at 15 to 20 people in that range. Right. And now fast forward to today. Uh, we have 36 today. So almost double. Yeah. In a short period of time. Yep. Right. And, and I often think like if I didn't show up for the next month, six months, a year, I mean, the clients may miss me, but they'll be well taken care of because the systems and processes have already been created where Ben could be out and the next guy is going to step in or gal is going to step in and give the client an experience that feels very much like what they've been experiencing for the last five, 10, 15 years. Yeah. And I, I think about the industry and I think that that's such a huge point because if you're taking a client out, let's say you go into, they invite you to a golf tournament and you're playing golf with them all day and let's go back to 08 and the market's going crazy. They're probably wondering like, who's back at the <laughs> office, right? Watching my money right. or watching my insurance or whatever it is. Right. And now there must be great comfort when the clients, you know, it's almost something that they might not say, but they see. And I commend you for having that forward thought of building, as you use the word, an enterprise. And then I think it's important that people understand that you said something that was very, very important was systems and processes, right? I believe that trains run on tracks and I think you've done that. And, and, you know, for the audience, I think it's important that you remember back to what Ben said earlier about having great turnover because you were growing and you probably didn't have the same systems and processes and some of the things that you've built today to build the enterprise that you build. So congratulations on that. But that's something that you all should be taking notes on if you're driving you know, but if you're back at your office or something, you listen to this, you know, write that down because that's really important. Well, we built our whole business on the philosophy of a repeatable process. Um, every first appointment, whether it's myself or one of the advisors on the team should look and feel the same. The deliverable on the next meeting should look and feel the same. The approach after that meeting should look and feel the same. That way the internal team knows what to do 
in preparation for the next meeting. Um, there's no gray area. And I believe that's what's allowed us to really scale here over the last five years. Yeah, which is amazing. So back in 17 or prior, let's think about it. So is your day-to-day, you know, Ben's day-to-day as a financial advisor slash business owner slash entrepreneur, is your day-to-day very different today than it was even just five years ago? It is. Um because of the pandemic, I think we are now in a world where uh, Zoom has made us, um, you know, very efficient. And uh, I think back in 2017, 95, if not 100% of meetings were like in-person meetings. I mean, there's likely some phone uh, reviews in there as well, but we're talking new business for the most part, that was in-person. Today, 100% of our business is on Zoom. And, you know, I remember, I think it was 2019, we were at ALU, um, you know, kind of watching a presenter talk through what I wanted at that time. You know, I wanted to be able to coach my kids sports and, and be around my family. And, um, you know, I just knew that wasn't going to be possible while still continuing to grow the business based upon the fact that we had to you know, travel so much. Um, so my day today is, uh, you know, jam packed with client meetings. And then we have dedicated time on a weekly and, and monthly basis to work on the business with the advisor group. And then, you know, essentially the partners on the team. It's amazing. And that's, and that, and it, it sounds like, just like you said, systems and process, the structure is very disciplined, maybe not rigid, but super disciplined. Yes. And I think that's amazing that you have that. So yeah, let's think about that. Oh, five, you came in the business, you know, single, you know, now I fast forward back to, you know, one of the things about being a complete person, you know, beautiful wife three children, you know, talk about how you're balancing all that. And I think that a lot of people in our industry will think that someone went from here to here, like this rocket ship, right. In a short period of time. And all they do is, you know, work, 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 work. And I know you work hard, but I feel like you've in the last couple of years have found somewhat of a balance in that. Now, maybe some of it happened due to you know, using, not traveling as much, but, but share and share the mentality around that too. Um, yeah, I, I think work-life balance in your twenties was best said by Theo Epstein. We saw him present once, uh, at one of the conferences and he said in your twenties, in your early thirties, you just work. And, you know, I think about myself prior to having children, I came from kind of a blue collar environment. I was, you know, I needed to earn income personally as a young person in order to support myself. Uh, So I remember in the early stages of my career after getting home, you know, at eight or nine o'clock, 
you know, getting on and then studying for a couple hours or, you know, every Saturday dedicating the first three hours of my day to business. And, and I believe in, in my twenties and early thirties, by putting that work in, it's now enabled me today at 40 to now, you know, be able to coach 70 baseball games. I think this year is what we're aiming for and, and coach basketball from, for my kids and, and do the things that are really important to me. Um, and that wasn't always the case. And, uh, I feel blessed to now have the control of, of my day to day and my schedule, um, where I can fit, you know, the extracurricular things in, uh, for my family, as well as, you know, be there and be a good leader on the team you know, be very present in all instances. Yeah, I think that's important. And uh, I think that it's interesting you use the word present. We've, I've done so many presentations throughout my career on being present, be where your feet are. And, you know, and that's not easy, especially when you're younger in business in general. And I think it's really important that uh, you've done that. Congratulations on that, because that is super, super important. You know, why we're on that, the balance, I mean, you know, that I'm a fitness nut and uh, I love training and all that. And I think it, I think it helps me. I find that when I train, I start my day out, you know, first thing in the morning with working out, everything else comes together. And I know you've, you've pretty, you've went through your ups and downs with that, but sure. for the most part now, it seems to become a bigger part of your life. Do you feel that that's helping you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, I've always loved getting in the gym. I've always loved training and you have to find the right balance for you. You know, when you have late nights and early mornings and you have little kids that are getting up in the middle of the night, it becomes very difficult to say, Hey, my priority is to get to the gym at five o'clock in the morning. Yep. Um, Thankfully, we're, you know, out of diapers in my house. Uh, I wouldn't say every night is a perfect sleep, but, you know, I've now found the rhythm personally where before doing anything in my day, I get my workout in. And you know, I think I took that from you and, you know, I've had different goals in, in you know, these, these uh, goal books, uh, four workouts a week, five workouts a week. And now I'm just of the mindset that you do it every day, right? Just like you get up and you brush your teeth and you get up and you, you comb your hair. Some of us, um, that's mean, <laughs> uh, you exercise and it, and it doesn't necessarily have to be an hour and a half. Yep. Right. But if you can get 20 or 30 minutes in and get your day going, um, you know, especially when it feels hard, I think that's where you can have breakthroughs in your fitness as well. And that and helps I, you. Yeah. And I think what you just said is a key thing. I think you get your, that's when you have to push through when it's the hardest and it's a sense of discipline that you achieve for yourself. And that carries into the rest of your things though. So, you know, I think that's great. So you got, you know, you're running the business, you got a great team, you're building systems, you're still learning every day. You got your fitness, you got the balance with the family you know, now you got this great balance in your life and let's go backwards. You talked about how, you know, after the pandemic, you're doing a lot of your meetings or a hundred percent of your meetings on zoom. 
But you also, I also know that your team is now national and you're selling in all the states and your, you know, client meetings and your reach has just grown dramatically. Talk a little bit about that. As a firm, we've been blessed with a tremendous opportunity to now work nationally and not locally. Um, it's created for our advisors an unlimited source of opportunity where folks that are separating service from their employer, losing their group benefits, are coming to us and seeking advice in many different ways. It could be retaining their insurance that they may have lost. It could be, hey, I need to figure out the next chapter for myself, whether that be retirement or some kind of transition plan. Uh, so um, the program has increased our reach um, and it's required us to become more efficient uh, to understand the time commitments necessary to work with as many uh, clients as we are. Uh, we need to be very stringent about our time. And what we would want to kind of have this, this business continue to progress towards is, is more of the ecosystem of the team where again, it isn't Ben that's necessarily servicing me and, and is my point of contact solely. Um, there may be a specialist that's helping with their taxes. There may be a specialist that's helping with their Medicare. There may be a specialist that's helping with their auto and homeowners insurance. Uh, there's so many different facets of personal financial planning that we can now bring to the table where the client no longer becomes dependent on the one advisor. They're dependent on the team and the ecosystem and the service that we've created around it. Uh, so through the use of group education, uh, where we're doing a lot of uh, group educational workshops via Zoom and the support of the team in the different lines of business, it's allowed us to expand our reach. You know, as I'm sitting here, knowing the industry, but also thinking as a client consumer, you know, when you start talking about the Medicare and the PNC and the, you know, the auto and home, I start to think to myself, you know, our lives as clients are so complicated and there's so many things, inherent risk we have. And it's very hard for a financial advisor that maybe doesn't know all those parts of your life to make the right decisions for you because as you do one thing, it might affect something else. And, you know, it's amazing that you've built this, you know, um, model that is taking care of everything. So when you're looking at a client, you're truly looking at their whole financial life. And I think, you know, as a client, they got to feel that there's so much stress being relieved. And, you know, it's like one-stop shop. You know, I remember just living in my household, our parent, you know, we didn't grow up with much, but they had it all over the place and you have it, you've done that for your clients. So congratulations on that. And, you know, you're paying it forward, teaching that to other people. So really, really nice Thank work. You. you know, it's amazing the, the run. And you, like I said earlier, you're just beginning, but what are some of the, you know, challenges you wake up with on a daily basis. Are there some still, or are you just like, is it a push button operation? I wish. Um, <laughs> I think uh, any entrepreneur can relate to the challenges of retaining top talent, rewarding top talent, finding talent today. 
which is very difficult. Um, and the biggest advantage that I believe we have as an organization is that we've created a culture that uh, is is founded on enjoying each other's company and being open about issues. Uh, we've uh, created an environment for the advisors to speak of their challenges, uh, you know, formally on a, on a monthly basis. Uh, we regularly do our employee reviews on a quarterly basis and measure where they're uh, tracking towards their goals. And we're very transparent about, uh, you know, things like bonuses and compensation and trying to improve policies on personal time off and uh, trying to improve policies on uh, maternity leave as these all become issues that are maybe not big issues day one in the business, but as you start to build your team become with 36 people, you have to think about those things. Right. So, so you, so you still face these challenges. So it's retaining talent. It's continuing to learn it's new systems, new processes. So, you know, you said something earlier though, that I want to dig in on, you know, many people in business, they hit what you said, you use the word, the ceiling of complexity, right? Now you've broke through that. But if I'm sitting here listening to this and I'm someone that's at that ceiling right now or the perceived ceiling, right? Because sometimes it's just your mental thought of where it is. What would you do if you were them? Give them some advice. I think the best advice is to take that step back and write down what your biggest challenges are, right? And if you can think through what's occupying your mental space, what's occupying your personal time that isn't allowing you to get to your goals and then come up with a plan as to how to address that, whether that be hiring somebody, um, maybe it's not taking on a certain type of client, you know, maybe it's selling a portion of your book that's going to enable you to get to the next level. I think everybody's different, uh, but we get so caught in the day-to-day of our business. We need to be able to have outlets to take a step back and think about how things are going and um, assess, you know, what the next steps are to get to the next level. Great, great advice. Thank you for that. Um, so last two questions. You know, what's motivating you now? What's your biggest motivator? When I leave checkout one day, I, I want to be viewed as the best. You know, I, I want when somebody's talking to one of my kids about dad as a financial advisor, he was the best. And he impacted a lot of people positively, advisors, clients, and I want to be a good role model for them. I was going to ask you why, but you answered it. So, you know, thank you again, Ben Sakadato, for being here. It's been, uh, it's been an honor watching the journey. It's great the stuff you shared today. For all the people listening, like there's a lot of great things there. Make sure you uh, listen, go back, take some notes, and uh, apply some of the things that Ben is doing to uh, get to the top. And, you know, the, the coolest thing about um, watching and being part of it is that I really believe, and and I know this, that you're really just begun and uh, keep that hunger, keep the drive, stay balanced. And uh, 
Thank you again for being on today. Thank you. I appreciate it. A lot of fun. Thank you. You got it. Thank you for listening to Small Steps, Big Wins. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Every bit helps. You can also follow us on Instagram at Small Steps, Big Wins. All opinions expressed by the program participants are solely their current opinions and do not reflect the opinions their respective parent companies or affiliates or the companies with which the program participants are affiliated. Investments or strategies mentioned in this program may not be suitable for you, and you should make your own independent decision regarding them. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you you should strongly consider seeking advice from your own investment advisor. Securities and investment advisory services offered through qualified registered representatives of MML Investor Services, LLC. Member SIPC, 6 Corporate Drive, Shelton, Connecticut, 06484, telephone number 203-513-6000.